CNC Replay. I'm Corey. I'm Noelle. I, I did it. Hooray. You did it. I'm so proud of you. Is that your first time ever introducing? I think I've done it before. Okay. Because I know you hate it and I don't understand why. I don't know. I don't know why I'm weird like that, but it just... Because you do 70% of the talking afterwards, so I don't understand what the first, like, four seconds... It's... Like and I do speak for a living, like as well. So right, exactly. God, that kind of blows my mind. Like I never thought ever. Like sitting in like every single like class at Cornerstone, like like and mm-hmm. like listening to professors and whatever, and like like hearing all the time about like oh like public speaking is like a like a vastly important skill to learn. And I'm sitting there. I'm like I don't mm-hmm. need to know that. No way. <laughs> Yep. And then lo and behold, <laughs> here we are today. Yeah. I don't do it for a living, but I do it a lot for sure. my job. And it's much different. Like the, the job requirements are a lot different than I thought they were going to be. Like my, I was like, oh, I'm always going to have like a one-on-one kind of like personal relationship type thing. And nope, I've spoken in front of like crowds of 70 at this point and like never thought we would be there. I don't know. It's wild. Impressive. Thank you. I was at a conference. I was like one of those keynote speakers that you. Oh no way! Like, (laughs) yeah, I was. I I I haven't even been a part of that. So, look at you. (laughs) It was very much like um, our advancement coordinator was, who's the guy that that, like does all of our grants and stuff. um, Was like, hey, the company or the organization that sponsors your job is having this conference and they've requested for somebody from our organization organization to be a keynote speaker you're going to do it i was like okay matt i will (laughs) (laughs) but that's kind of how that happens though like you just kind of get thrown into like into the middle of it and it's like hey you're gonna do this like my first like like sermon on a sunday morning was like it's like hey would you ever want to speak on a sunday morning i'm like i don't think i'm ready quite yet and then it got to like <laughs> like a month before and it's like, hey, you're gonna speak on this Sunday morning. And I'm like, right. I'm like Oh, 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 okay. You're like, oh that that wasn't a request? Oh, that mm. was I this this is no longer sure. optional. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Oh, gosh. Just absolutely unreal. That's hilarious. <laughs> okay. So Tigers. <laughs> just, yeah, just, transitions. Just, just every single time. Like I'm if there was the most broken record ever, we would be we would be it. We'd be we, pretty darn close we'd be at least. Darn close. So like this is so we haven't recorded since the All Star Game. So for, first off, All Star Game, one of my fa- one of my favorite mm-hmm. days of the year. I love I love watching it. Uh and Tigers for as horrible as they were, had two representatives. Number one, their actual representative in Gregory Soto for the second year in a row, which is like, isn't that such like a Tigers thing? Like, do you know how many, like, I feel like the majority of Tigers fans are like pissed at Gregory Soto, like most (laughs) of the time. And yet he's like our all-star for the Mm -hmm. second year in a row. I don't think the Tigers have had a back-to-back all-star since like the Cabrera Verlander days. And now you just had Soto twice. I would like to check that stat. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't think I saw anybody post that stat. Um, but uh, so, wow. And Soto, 
had a typical Soto outing. Uh, he came mm-hmm. in relief for Baltimore's uh, relief pitcher, who was there on the All Star. He had he had to get two outs. Um, he walked the first guy on six pitches, or no, he only had to get one out. He walked the he walked the first guy on six pitches, and then he I think he I think he got the other guy to ground out or something like that. So like that was Gregory Soto's only like hey. only like appearance, and I think he touched a hundred, but also like he walked a guy. So it's like, yep, that's the Gregory Soto experience right there. And then okay. you had. Cabrera, who was a commissioner's pick for the American League alongside Albert Pujols for their career achievements um, to be represented mm-hmm. in the All-Star game, which honestly, I don't think it's a hot take that Cabrera could have been our All-Star, like outside of some, I mean, Probably. he's batting over 300. He, does, he has zero power this year. That, that's fine. But like, Looking at some of his, like, other stats, like, okay, like, maybe his advanced stats aren't very good because, like, advanced stats rely on, you know, uh, uh, how hard you can hit the ball, slugging percent, you know, all, all of this stuff. But the guy's getting on base. He's got a batting average over 300. That's got to count for something. I don't care if you say... Because nobody else on yeah, this team is. Yeah, nobody else on this team is. I don't care if you think batting average is such an archaic stat but if someone is batting over 300 that's like hey this guy's having a pretty good year regardless of how you look at it from 2002 to 2022 right now like it's like mm-hmm. okay like he's doing something and then they showed a, a stat uh post all-star break Cabrera's batting 420 something with runners in scoring nice. position this year so when there's men on base, he's yeah. he's hitting even better. So like, it's right. kind of stats like that that show you like, okay, yes, the power isn't there anymore. He may not be hitting a whole lot of doubles, but he's still being productive. It's still definitely helping out the team. Actually, it seems like he's helping them more out when they're kind of in a <sighs> pickle. So, and he, at this stage in his career, that's kind of all that we can ask for, you know? Yeah. Oh, Chris absolutely. has held a very different opinion for a long time, but the Chris is also not on this yeah, pod often well, enough to yeah. have an opinion. Ah. So um, <laughs> we love you, Chris. But um, Cabrera's contract was like one of those things. It's like okay, this like you're getting this money for what you have done. Like everybody, when Cabrera signed that contract, knew he wasn't going to be the worth the money at the end of it. We hoped. I mean, mm-hmm. you always hope when you have a contract that big. Um, right. So, um, but the whole reason I brought up this discussion about the all-star game. So Cabrera, this is most likely his last all-star game he'll ever appear in. Um, unless he just magically heals his body to, you know, Juan Soto's age. Um, but Fox had like David Ortiz just like in the dugout during his at bat. And they were focused on David Ortiz just, like, saying stupid stuff to, like, the American League, like, dugout. So, like, people who were not at Dodger Stadium didn't even get to see Cabrera's at bat. That's annoying. And, like, everybody – all the Tigers fans were, like, talking about it. And we're like, oh, David Ortiz is running around being an idiot. And, you know, Cabrera's, like, in his last All-Star game. Because he was only going to get one at bat because him and Pujols were there as DHs. So, I I was a little – mad because i'm like oh cabrera's up and then you know he grounds out to short like okay that's you 
you know, when he doesn't get a hit, that's usually what happens. But I was like, Mm -hmm. this sucks. (laughs) Like, (laughs) Sam for like a a pitch. And then David Ortiz running around being a moron. So look at David Ortiz ruining another Detroit Tigers moment. Darn him. (sighs) Do you know what I'm talking about? I have no idea. 2013 American League Championship Series. Game two, Joaquin Benoit gives up a meatball, bases loaded, grand slam to Ortiz, bullpen cop. Torrey Hunter jumped over the fence, just barely missed. Yeah, that's Mm -hmm. David Ortiz ruining Tigers moments since 2013. Um, That one feels a little higher stakes than not being able to see Miggy at bat. Yeah, but it's the same principle. He's he's just there ruining all of our fun. The, 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 The fun that... We just want to see you're creating in your we head. We just want to see our crappy all-stars on the TV. And we can't even get that as Tigers fans. <laughs> like that's, that's how this season has gone. Um, so then we had to start playing baseball again. With, unfortunately. unfortunately. Uh, something we're not good at as a major league we're team. We're not good at as a major league team. And then Scooball actually pitched phenomenal. The first game out of the break, he pitched the, the first game of the day night doubleheader in Oakland. Um, and he took a no-hitter into the fifth. And, like, it seems like every scooball start, the defense just forgets how to play defense. Because, like, there was, like, a pop-up that Candelario, like, lost in the sun. And it was ruled a, a double in the fifth. And then he gave up some hits. But I think he went seven innings, seven or six innings. Um, and that was probably mm-hmm. his best start. I think he had double-digit strikeouts as well. So, I think we won that game three to nothing, four to nothing. I don't know. But we won that game. Scooball looked great. Offense did enough. Robbie Grossman, I think, scored all the runs uh, in that game. And then we proceeded to just forget how to play baseball after that. Just like we got <laughs> shut out for the 14th time in the, in the night game. Mm-hmm. And then the Twins come, you know, to Comerica Park for a two-game set, and they just beat the tar out of us. And it wasn't even – it just wasn't a competitive – just wasn't a competitive series. So – and then you get to the Padres series. Um and you, you win that series against one of the best teams in the National League. I, I, again, with the frustration with this team. I know the season is, is over. Mm-hmm. Why are you getting slapped around by the Minnesota Twins, and then you come and play the Padres, and you look like a competitive baseball club? I don't get it. I don't know why that happens. Like we, I mean, we rattled off a freaking what was it, six or seven game win streak. Oh, gosh, and then we lost look. like seven straight after that. Like it, how? And it's not just lost seven straight. It was like we we lost bad seven straight, which was the difference from last mm. year. When we lost games, we'd lose games like by a run. When we lose games this year, we lose by like six and we don't score a run yeah we had a one two who three four five six win streak followed by four losses then a win then it was one two three four four losses so we had eight losses in a row but there was a win in the middle of those against kansas city which Kansas, that, that Kansas City series was horrible. Um, and now the Tigers are in last place in the mm-hmm. worst division in baseball. Yep. 
Yes. Which is which is just wonderful. Highlight. Um, Condelario has been much better at the play. He was like scalding hot. I think he's hit four home runs in five games mm-hmm. uh, since since the All Star break, it, or if not more, I don't know. Um, but his defense has just been horrible. Just just like like routine plays that he hasn't been able to make. So I don't know what's going to happen with him. He's good. He could he could get non tendered uh, at the end of this year um, and not receive a qualifying offer, um, making him a free agent. Um, but Noel, I'm not really that mad about that anymore. I've accepted that this is this team. And you know what? I kind of get okay. to enjoy a little bit when the Tigers beat the Padres. Like that's, that still is somewhat enjoyable. Um, mm-hmm. I feel a butt coming. Monday night uh, was okay. uh, the unofficial coined night of Fire Al Avila night. <laughs> yep. And uh there was people with bags on their heads, there was people with signs. Um and really it's kind of counterproductive. Oh, let's pay the Tigers organization money so that we can go and protest about the general manager as we're partially paying part of his salary via our ticket, you know, prices. Our our uh-huh. ticket, you know, purchase. Yes. Um and Really, the only way that you're going to get anybody to do anything in a sports, in a sports sense, is just not show up. And this mm-hmm. week series against the Padres has been very bittersweet to me because it was full. Like most, like they were, they were saying that uh, this was the most fans they've had in the park since opening day or opening weekend. And wow. that's probably, well, I think, outside of uh, the uh, the Colorado series when Cabrera got his. Uh, 3000 pit as well. Yeah, that makes um, more sense. But the park was relatively full or near capacity for those for those three games. Um so it says to me one of two things. One, Tigers fans are loyal. I mean we ha- have to be in this economy. We have been given zero reason to give this franchise money and yet we're still yes. going to the games. Is that stupidity? Maybe. But is that does that show you how much this this city actually cares about this baseball team? I would think so. So mm-hmm. that makes me feel good in a sense. That yeah. like you have incredibly passionate fans. But number 2, it's very clear that ownership is taking gross advantage of that. Mhm. And I will tell you why. Please tell do. you why. Multiple multiple reports, first broken by Ken Rosenthal and then up to the ante by Jeff Passan, uh, saying that the Tigers are going to trade or are are listening to offers on everybody. Hmm. Everybody, everybody including Scoville. And, and then Passan said it's it's likely that they try to move Tarek Scoville. So how did we get to how did we get to here? How did we get to all of the fans' frustrations? We got to the fans' frustrations, and it started in 2017. You had your number mm-hmm. one trade chip, your future Hall of Famer, Cy Young caliber pitcher that you trade away, and you have zero major league return. We don't have to revisit it. We've talked about it. 
And then the deals that you continue to make for your quote unquote rebuild have shown zero major league talent as well. Maybe not zero because Condelario is still here, but have shown Condelario would not be the starting third baseman on the Mets. He would not be the starting third baseman on the Yankees. He would not mm-hmm. be the starting third baseman on the Dodgers. This, that he would not be that. So if you're talking about building a championship roster and your one return is Heimer Condelario, as much as I love the guy, you are in trouble. You are in deep trouble. The Meadows trade, we, yes. I don't even know how we can evaluate that because I, I don't think he, he's going to play for the rest of this year. He's got an Achilles thing, or Achilles thing. But you cannot find me another deal right now that has, has bred Major League talent. And now, after this debacle of a season, after the improvements that you've made from last year, now you're saying, yep, we're going to blow it all up again. What? Are you kidding? You've just you Yeah, I you've just made us sit here, told us, hey, be patient and we're gonna get back, we're gonna get back to the, the top of 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 the American League. Be patient, we're gonna get all these prospects, we're gonna get we're gonna get blah 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 blah. We're gonna draft well, we're gonna do all this stuff. Um and then well, I won't get to that yet because we've got some time. <sighs> we've waited seven years for having a competitive team and at the beginning, well, we made some deals. We signed Baez. You cheapened out on your quote-unquote end of the rebuild. And now you're starting over? Because mm-hmm. I would understand if it's like a, if it's like a guy like, hey, we're going to be willing to trade anybody. Um, Pineda. Uh, we're going to – like guys on expiring contracts, right? Like, yeah. oh, no, we're going to trade everybody, including our 25-year-old budding ace. Last time I checked, if you have a rebuilding franchise, you want to keep on, you want to hold on to guys who are 25 years old and have the potential to be something great. But Corey, we could get a return off of something that we don't even know that he's going to be. Okay, so here's your thought process here. You're going to trade a guy who has shown signs of being a Cy Young caliber or at least an eight, like a very good ace caliber pitcher for three more dudes who you don't even know how they're going to develop. So you, mm-hmm. so you're, you want to remind me of another trade that looks not exactly the same, but similar in stupidity. It was it the trade I already talked about in the Justin Verlander deal. Yeah. Oh, yes, oh yeah. Yeah. Because you, you get you get the you don't even get a top you don't get the top two prospects for Justin Verlander. How does that happen? And none of these teams are willing to give up that. You're gonna. This is like trading like a. You have a scratch off ticket. Okay. It's like the, mm-hmm. it's like the $50 scratch off ticket. Okay. And you're paying $50. For I'm not, I'm just saying <laughs> you've okay. scratched it off halfway. Okay. And you've got a hundred bucks. Yeah. Right. Got it. Yes. Okay. And then I'm, I am and then following you trade yes. <laughs> that scratch off ticket with a hundred bucks without cashing it in for three other scratch off tickets that are $25 each that you don't know what what's on there. So you're halfway mm-hmm. through your scratch off ticket. You already got 50 bucks right now. And you, mm-hmm. you've got some ways mm-hmm. to go to, to, to develop that. And then you're going to trade for three more lottery tickets. Oh, I think I could get, I think I could get better odds this way. That's a horrible example, but 
made sense in my head at the time. But if you're trying to tell, if you were trying to tell fans at the beginning of this year, we are done with this rebuild, and you trade away your 25 year old starting pitcher, who is basically the best pitcher on your roster right now, what does that say? And you're going to let the guy who hasn't had a quality return on any deal that he has made for this team trade him? That's mm-hmm. ludicrous. That is insanity. You're right. That is the definition of that insanity. Because it's doing the same thing over and over again with no no result, no different result. That is, That's the definition that of insanity. That is giving a blind man the tickets to a public bus with its jam-packed people on it. You're going to have to explain that one. You gave a blind man the keys to a public bus that is full. I didn't yeah. hear keys. Okay, now I'm yes. now I'm with you. <laughs> that is what you would do with that. Here's your valuable mm-hmm. prospect. Here's your here's your valuable major league level arm, by the way, because how many of those do we have on the roster? Here Not you go. many. Mm-hmm. I have zero faith that he would get anything in return, and somehow it would be like, oh, we got we got a team's number number three, five, and ten prospect, and one of them's a catcher. Why do we need another catcher? Right. We barely know what we're going to do with the two yeah. that we have. Just, it, it's man, it, I, it, it's insulting at this point. Mm-hmm. It truly is. And it, it, that move for what you want to do as a, that, that is, that is a move of an organization that has zero direction. Because to me, if you trade a guy who's 25 years old, that means you are not going to be competitive by the time that he's 30. Mm -hmm. That's the message that sends. Mm -hmm. Oh, but Corey, we need a bat. Okay, you need a bat. Go out and sign a bat. Yeah, go spend some money somewhere that you know is going to be effective. This This is my philosophy. If you want a bat, you go and pay for a bat. If you want a pitcher, you have to develop a pitcher because everybody wants – look at Max Scherzer. Max Scherzer is 180 years old, but he's getting paid He's getting paid $45 million a year because he's Matt effing Scherzer. Max Scherzer. Right. Excuse me. I called him Matt. Wow. I'm so mad I can't even get his name right. Um, so if, if, if you want bats, they are less expensive than quality starting pitchers, and you might have one right now. Mm-hmm. And and I saw someone bring up the argument too. It's like Matt Boyd was untouchable. Remember that? Why? But do you remember that? This yeah, like, I oh, do. we're not going to we're not going to trade Matt that. Boyd. We're not going to trade Matt Boyd. Uh, I'm fairly confident yeah. that Tarek Skubal, who can pump high 90s, is a little bit more valuable than Matt Boyd at 28 years old, who is who is scraping by with 93 miles an hour. Hmm. I would fully agree if, with you. I, I and that's generous. It was more he was sitting like ninety one. So that guy's untouchable. But this guy we're gonna trade. Zero cents. I mean honestly, I don't I don't care what they do with everybody else. If you can get something for Robbie Grossman, awesome. If you can get something heck, if you can get something for Jonathan Scope, cool. I don't think you can. Like I don't know what you would get mm-hmm. for him. Like let 
Victor Reyes play every day in the outfield. Let Harold Castro play every day because Harold Castro can't play defense. <laughs> He's a utility player who cannot play defense. <laughs> um, let Akil Badu continue to sink out there. In which, by the way, uh, uh, Spencer Torkelson in AAA is batting 175. Gracious. So not only not only do you can you not you know develop a good trade package when you get the talent that you have you can't develop that either. Now mm-hmm. I'll I'll cut mm-hmm. Torkelson some slack because he lost an entire year of development as soon as he was drafted. That's fine. I'll get that. But I don't feel good right now. I don't think you should. I think there are a lot of reasons to worry, if not only reasons to worry. I think Riley Green is the single bright spot on this organization. At he's the got a negative war right now. Yeah. And that's your best player, quote unquote. Yep. And he's played for what, maybe three weeks? Uh, I think it's a bit longer than that. Are you sure? I'm not. I think it's like six. He was there before the All-Star break. Yeah, the All-Star break was a week I- ago. I know, but he was there, like, like, I think significantly before the All-Star break. Okay. Not significantly. I I don't know significantly. Um, Anyways, but he has not been here long enough in this season that he should be considered the best player, and yet he is and was the second he got on that field. Correct. And that's, that's really, really sad. I told you guys in the group chat that, the only way I could – I'll be mad if slash when they trade Scooball right now. Um, but the only mm-hmm. way I will be able to, like, stomach it is if they get somebody's number one and two prospect and a major league ready bat. It's the only mm-hmm. way. I, I need I need some value coming back now in addition yeah. to – because this is – Scooball's arm is the type of arm that um, – every developing franchise would adore to have. Mm-hmm. And he's got team control. Mm-hmm. So what are we doing? What are we doing? And then there's like some some uh, free press writers that are defending Alavila and his move. Shut up. <laughs> Shut up. No, you don't get to sit here and try to defend this guy who is literally, he, he has had Detroit Lions levels of incompetence in his years as GM here. You don't get to defend this man. I'm sorry. You don't. If I'm horrible at my job, people will tell me I'm horrible at my job. We're not going to, we're not going to, we're not going to, we're not going to pat his back and say, Oh, it's okay. It hasn't been that bad. No, it's been horrible. The freaking Baltimore Orioles have jumped us in a rebuild. Baltimore Orioles, Baltimore Orioles lost a hundred plus games last year. And now they're two games away from a wild card spot. What are we doing? Do you think they do performance reviews in the same way that like regular people have performance reviews on their jobs? Do you want my honest opinion? No, I asked you to lie okay. to me. I don't think Chris Illich is doing any of that with Alvila. I because Chris Illich is not a dumb guy. He's not. Mm-hmm. He's not. He's a savvy mm-hmm. businessman. Mm-hmm. And it, the fact that he owns the Red Wings and the Tigers, it honestly, I used to think it was really cool. I think it's bad now. 
because now he can he can he can rely on the success of Eisenman as a general manager. Let him let him ride the coattails, and then that means as long as he has Eisenman at the helm and the Red Wings are doing well, he doesn't have to do anything with the Tigers. Now, now if yeah. both of those teams were horrible. I mean, and we're talking about the Red Wings current day right now, and we're we're talking mm-hmm. about them as like being a good team. The Red Wings were not a good team last year. They were no. not, and they made some splashes in free agency, but they haven't proved anything yet. Even though we're all very excited about this team, and they should be much better in competing for a playoff spot this year, I don't think that's out of the question. But if that's the saving grace right now, as long as the Red Wings are good or or rising to competence, then Chris Hill doesn't have to do anything with the Tigers. Which is so frustrating. But for reasons other than the obvious, of course, but like Mike Illich's like one dream before he died was that the Tigers would get a pennant again. Oh, they won a World Series. That yeah. didn't happen. And and we're just going farther and farther away from that. Like, can someone tell him that that's his dad? <laughs> I know. Right. Like, how disrespectful can you get? Because it's not like, oh, we did this on accident. No, this this looks, as long as, as long as you have incompetence at the top making decisions, this looks intentional. So it's one thing to just fall flat mm-hmm. on your face and saying, I tried and I just couldn't do it. It's another thing to say, oh, I know what you want me to do. I'm just not going to do it. I'm actively doing I'm the actively opposite. Doing the opposite. Yeah. And as long as Alvila is there, yep. it looks like he's actively doing the opposite. And if he trades Scuba on this trade deadline, then I, that's confirmation. I'm, I'm going to get tomatoes and I'm going to drive to Detroit. I'm going to throw them at Comerica Park. <laughs> or not even not even Alvila's office at this point. Because it's just, I, he has proved. He's on that side of like, you know, he's trying and he just doesn't know how to do it. I think he's proved that. And I think that's sad because then you're taking advantage of a guy who doesn't know what he's doing. Maybe my anger is beginning to shift because Al Avila is so incompetent. <laughs> he can't help it. Chris Illich knows this and he's still allowing him to be the, the leader of an organization mm-hmm. and it's still making him money enough to where he doesn't have to make the team competitive. That's, that's cruel. That's that's really cr- maybe maybe I should be more mad at Chris and stopping that. But yet again, Al Avila did make that trade for Justin Verlander, and, and and at least. But the real question is, could Chris have stopped him? Oh yeah, he could have. So there's more reason to be mad at Chris. If I, I'm I'm not saying be mad at one or the other. I'm saying they're they're both not doing a great job at the moment. So if if I could say one thing. At least Al, at only least Alvila has taken you? ownership of his uh, only one. At least Alvila has taken ownership of his bad moves. He's like, he's like, I've got to do better. We've got to do better. All this stuff. Chris is just like, uh, and so on and so forth and blah 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 blah. Like, what are you even talking about? Just the coach speak. He's a professional. It's not even professional. He like told. It's like, what do you think of the Tiger struggles? It's like, oh. No, I meant he's a professional in coach speak. I know. And I'm saying like, that's like not even coach speak. That is deliberately like not answering the question. Mm. Your team okay. is an embarrassment. How did you get to this point? 
oh, that's just the that's just the way things go. No, it's not. Teams don't have to be bad. They don't. You make them bad. Mm-hmm. There's a part of me that wishes that this was a little bit more like Oakland's situation. Oakland, have you ever been to Oakland's ballpark? Okay, well, no. it's horrible. It's it's okay. like there's like sewage leaks and like they've been like talking about getting a new park, but the city of Oakland won't like let them blah, 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 blah. So there's rumors that they'll get sent to like Vegas or something like that. Um, okay. Oakland has some incredibly passionate fans. I remember going to like a like a opening like like one of the first few series of the year and which they were not very good. Um, that place was like pretty full. And, like, they're crazy. Like, that was the loudest, like, 28 to 32,000, like, fan, like, stadium that I've ever been in. And it's a football stadium. So, like, oh. the, like the noise, like, like leaves upward. Right, right. Those fans are crazy. Do you know the average attendance for an Oakland A's game this year is? Uh, no. 3,000 no people. Wow. And they're sick of being taken advantage of. And it's like, just yeah. figure out a ballpark deal. Because this park is not cutting it. And Oakland's park was bad. When I went, I can only imagine it's been worse. How long has it been since you uh, Senior year of high school. Okay. Which, for the people, is how many years? Uh, quick math, Corey. Quick uh, math. 2018, <laughs> I think. No. You were a, a senior no, 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 in high school no, 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 no. in 2018. You graduated in 2015. 16. Okay, so 2016. Or no, wait. Yeah. Did I graduate in 15? So 15, 16, 16, 16 17, 17. I graduated. Okay, yep. Okay, so 2015. So that was... Yeah. Yeah. Seven, seven years, years ago. ago. But mm-hmm. now it's going to backfire on them because it, they might lose the team entirely because they're not showing up. It's like, oh, we don't have any fan support. It's like, no, you don't have any fan support because no one wants to come to your ballpark because it's horrible. It stinks. Yeah. So. Legitimately, it stinks. Yeah. So that's that's the hard part. Like, how do fans make a change? Because if you don't go to the ballpark in a year situation like Oakland, you're going to lose the team. If you do go to the ballpark, then you're giving the people what they want, your money. And that's all they care about at the end of the mm-hmm. day. Now, I mm-hmm. think it could work if the fans were just like, you know, we're not going to show up. Um, uh, but there's always a chance Tiger Detroit Tigers relocate to Las Vegas due to lack of fan support I doubt that would happen yeah that's like way extreme that's like end of the world sort of situation because I don't I don't think the fans would let it go that far I would love to see like a game where uh no fans show up like like somehow it's organized like hey do not go to this game yeah how do i don't do know that? i think what are the steps i think it's pretty that? much impossible without contact somebody at reddit like what do i do well, that's how fire view night happened well yeah no i know that's why i said that but yeah this team is just it's it's a blessing and a curse that everybody in detroit or outside of Detroit loves this team because there's not really going to be a whole lot of change. And I don't know how you change it. Um, And somebody's just got to catch fire. Like you need, you're going to need a 
another Verlander, like a can't miss, can't miss type of guy who just takes over. Like a like mm-hmm. the Marlins have this guy Sandy Alcantara, dude's dude's a freak. So everyone's like mm-hmm. going away from pitching like deep into games. This guy has more eight plus inning starts than five uh, NL franchises this year. So their entire staff. Wow. Dude is an, uh, an animal. Unreal. An animal. And that's yeah. a guy that the Marlins are not going to trade because it's like, oh, this guy's a, a freak. He should win the NL Cy Young, I think, in my opinion. If he doesn't, then I don't I don't know how, how you vote on, on that award. But um, Tigers, the Tigers literally need a guy like that to turn around the franchise and get him mm-hmm. to stay and pay him his money. Yep. But right now, we don't have anybody close to that including school. But that doesn't mean you should trade a guy like that because he's 25 years old. I'm done talking about the Tigers. I'm done. Yeah, I was going to say, it's time to move on. We spent 36 minutes, 37 minutes. Well, we on started with a five-minute opening. Train. So we're good. Okay. 30 minutes. Fair enough. Still a lot. Uh... What are we going to Let's next? Let's talk about Wait. something happy. The Pistons brought back the teal. The, t- the teal is back. That's all that matters this week. That's in this that's cold, all. It's the only thing. This, and here, one more thing. <laughs> Jeez. Here's the stark difference between. So the, I'm not going to compare it to the Red Wings because Steve Eisenman came in. It's like you guys are going to listen to me now, and it's like okay. okay. <laughs> This is what a team that has a head coach that wants to win and a general manager that wants to win on the same page success. Because we Mm -hmm. have completely facelifted this roster since since Troy Weaver got here. Okay, mm-hmm. we made the the, yeah. the master class that was put on in the draft, as we've talked about, uh, was unreal. The fact that we have Jalen Duran on this team, when everyone in the draft knew that we wanted to get Jalen Duran on this team, and we like literally gave up a, a twenty twenty five first round pick for him, is obscene. That's mm-hmm. like, like we're on the reverse side of an Alavila deal getting like ripping off somebody else, like tremendously bad. Yep. And you've, you've changed your young talent to young, impressive talent in the matter of two seasons. Now there's going to be growing pains and all of that stuff, but I think everybody in the NBA circles are like, the Pistons have got something going here. And we haven't even seen really what Cade Cunningham can do. And he was already putting up Michael Jordan-esque numbers. And that's not that's not an exaggeration. Yep. That's, that's truth. truth. And Weaver and Casey have been building something for just even a short period of time. And now you're mm-hmm. capping off the excitement with a, a, a cosmetic thing. We, however, we need to bring back the teal jerseys. We need to bring back the teal jerseys. And they bring back the teal jerseys. So like that, like, you don't want to say like like uniform stuff can like add to excitement or even add to momentum of what you're doing as a team, but I, like you're now like this is an intent an attention grabber. 
So like we we knew mm-hmm. how impressive Kate Cunningham was last year because we were like tuning into games. Like I freaking watched a, a Nets Pistons game in March because Kate Cunningham was popping off in the fourth quarter. Like no, no casual fan is going to do that. But now all the casual fans are saying, "Oh, the Pistons are bringing back the teal." Like, that's going to get them to tune in mm-hmm. just a little bit mm-hmm. more. You know. Yep. And you know why this is extra great? Why? Because the late 90s are already a fashion trend right now. And this just adds to that a hundredfold. Like that. It's even folks that are not sports Mm -hmm. people flocking to the stores to get those jerseys. Not because of it. Which is frustrating. Well, yeah, because pre-orders and stuff. Which is frustrating for like people who actually want jerseys, i.e. me and you. Because... Hopefully they're not sold out. I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to sell something because I, because I got the All Star Game jersey for Cabrera. That cost me a pretty penny. I can't. I can't. My wallet will not like <laughs> me. But I digress. Um, yeah. It's the stark difference. The Pistons are exciting right now, and mm-hmm. stupid little mm-hmm. things like this gets fans involved and gets mm-hmm. fans to buy in. Mm-hmm. So, I, I mean, great move. I absolutely love it. And there was there was some oh, yeah. backlash like, oh, the Pistons never won anything in the teal, blah, 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 blah. And then somebody So what? A, who cares? B, um, you're dumb. And C, uh, somebody posted a, a picture of like the two thousand four Pistons like main logo. And it was the it was the yeah. teal horse, but in the red, white, and blue. Yeah. And this is just an alternate jersey. Like like it's not the main thing. Like I personally like even though they're a little boring, I love the Pistons like set, the red, white, mm-hmm. the red, white, and blue. It works really well, but the teal yeah. is freaking sweet. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and now we just now we just wait until the regular season starts. I again, I'm excited. I I think there is a chance that 50 percent of the Detroit teams. Or I guess it would after t- the Tigers this year. Sixty-six percent of the Detroit teams that are playing in the upcoming seasons could make the playoffs, with a potential for a hundred percent. Now that's me really drinking the Kool Aid. I'm not going to do that. I'm going to be, be careful. Very careful. <laughs> um, but Vegas is very high on the Lions right now. But I'm not going to get into that. Yeah, we we have yet to see anything yes. from them. Um, Training camp hasn't even started. But Pistons making. I mean. Yeah, it, yeah, yeah Pistons making the play-in tournament, being a top ten seed in the East—that's mm-hmm. not out. Of, that's not out of the question at nope. all. It just isn't. Uh, and then, could they win a game or two? Like if they're if they finish top eight and they are in the play-in tournament, they win that game, they're in. So mm-hmm. at the very at the very least, you could you could make in. You can make it into the play-in tournament and only have to win one game, then you're in the playoffs again. Now, in the NBA, the mm-hmm. playoffs aren't as impressive as other leagues. I'll stand by that. But for this team right now, that'd be incredible. And right. Espe- especially to get all these young guys. Like like Cunningham in year two, Ivy as a rookie, Duran as a rookie. Having those guys have playoff experience then, huge. I don't care how you mm-hmm. cut it. That's a, that mm-hmm. is a good thing for your player development. Is it a good thing for your roster development when you have that young of a roster? Mm, probably not. But for the players that you have now, and for the thing in the team that you're building now, that is very good. 
Yep. You'll get smacked around by Boston, but who cares? I would like to see a playoff game. I'd like to go to another game four for 20 bucks and wear my teal Jaden Ivy jersey. I'm fine with that. You'd get Jaden yeah. Ivy. Well, I have, I have the, I have the, the red City Connect uh, Cunningham jersey. I still oh, have right. my I still have my blue Andre Drummond jersey. <laughs> <laughs> Look, you gotta have a throwback oh, somewhere so in there. Funny. Uh but then I'll then I'll probably get him or Duran maybe. He also wears number zero. Okay. Um but who cares regardless. Ex- exciting <laughs> things from the Pistons, not just the jerseys, mm-hmm. even though we're all a big fan of the mm-hmm. jerseys. But I, I that was in our group chat, that was something that you posted to me. Like, Corey, you need to find this for me now. Yep. Like you were immediately on board. You're like, no, no questions I was asked. Immediately on like board. I'm going to, I'm. you need to, you need to find this for me. Yep. Who would you get? Sadiq Bay. Oh, I, for, I forgot about Sadiq. Oh, I gotta, I gotta go with him. He's my favorite. Well, there you go. Uh, can I get a Dwayne Casey teal jersey, please? <laughs> no. Do it. Custom that. That would be hilarious. They're 135 bucks. <laughs> and I have the hardest time buying NBA jerseys because it's like 135 bucks for a sleeveless jersey. Like baseball jerseys are only 120 usually. Like I'm not I mm-hmm. I'm, not, I'm not doing that. No. But it's the teal, Corey. I know. I'll probably do it. It's I'll probably teal. do it. Chill out. <laughs> Alrighty. Do you want to move on to Wings uh, or Lions? Let's do the Red Wings. We'll finish with the Lions. Uh, I think really the only news that we've had in the last week is the like minor signing yeah. that we had. Robert Hag. Uh, yep. Thank you. Robert Hag. He's not great by really anybody's standards. He's not awful. He's signed for, he's signed fine. for $800,000. <laughs> right. You get, you're getting what yeah. you paid for. Truly, and he's really just a depth signing uh, at this point. Because uh, Mark, uh, what was it Pizik or yeah, Pizik. Mark Pizik? He that's how I've been four saying to it. six. Is it months for Achilles? Yeah, it would have to be yeah. months. That there's no way that that's just weeks. I don't know how you like how you wouldn't know about that before you're signing him. Like I don't, I don't like get because like the news of the injury came out relatively like quickly after after he yeah, signed so like was it with intention that like I mean, maybe this is something where like they have hag for half the year and then Pizzik mm-hmm. comes back and they I, I don't think they would cut hag but I mean they could or they trade him for mm-hmm. a seventh round but I, I, I don't I don't know what you would do there but like it still seems kind of silly that you would sign a guy who you knew was injured or like, like maybe it was a freak accident thing. I don't know. I just don't, it, that I don't understand, but it's a mind. Both of those guys are minor transactions. So it doesn't really make a whole lot of sense uh, to mm-hmm. me, but we now have a log jam of like veteran bottom, bottom, like six defense, not bottom six, um, bottom pairing defensemen now. Right, because uh, Osterley is still under contract. You have Hag, you have Pizik, who's on the IR. Wallman will be on the IR for I guess half the year, is what I heard. Mm-hmm. Um, so like, 
So they're going to have to play at some point here. Or, like, maybe it's just competition for Lindstrom. I don't know. I don't know. But uh, interesting. Interesting that all of that happened relatively quick. And, like, interesting that the signing happened and then the announcement of Mark Pizik's injury happened after that. Mm-hmm. So I don't, I don't know. That's kind of a that's kind yeah. of a head scratcher, and not really a whole lot to talk about there. But, um, but it is a thing that happened. But it this is week. a thing that happened. Oh, um, thing I wanted to talk about: Nazem Kadri is still a free agent. Not he saying that indeed. the Red Wings are going to sign him, but rumor on the street is that he uh, is waiting for the team that he wants to sign with to clear cap space, and then he'll sign with them. Because this is really late in the game for a player of his caliber to not be signed with a team. Um, yep. So I'm just thinking to myself immediately, is he going to go to the freaking Lightning? Because if he does, I'm going to lose my mind. Mm-hmm. Or it's probably going to be back to Colorado or something like that. Or Right, because can the Lightning clear enough space for what he's going to ask yeah. for? And they just... Like, that's... They just... Or they can just, you know, cheat the uh, system again. the cap, yeah. I, Look at us being salty I, about that. I, I years will forever later. be salty. Because it, it, it's not like, yes, they worked within the rules. But, like, if a player is healthy, you, you cannot sit here and tell me that that Kucherov was, was only healthy until the playoffs. Like, you can't tell me that. So, like, if if that was the case and, like, he was, like, still working through injury, like, into the playoffs, okay, then I wouldn't be that upset about it. But, like, he came back and he was 100% healthy on that day, Mm -hmm. on the day the playoffs Mm -hmm. started. And you were able to get legitimate pieces to help your roster because of it. Because he... I, we can't go back into this, Corey. You're gonna get. You're just gonna go on for another fifteen know. minutes. We all know. We all know what happened. It's just it, it, Nazem Kadri. Yeah. Um, my guess, because there's only three teams that I would think that would need to clear cap space to, to get him, because the Red Wings had like yes. have ten million now. So, but we yeah, would, we have a log jam. Um, goes back to Colorado. Goes to Tampa or goes back to Toronto. Mm-hmm. But I don't know who Toronto would trade that would have any sort of value right now that they would want to keep. Like, like they could trade a Marner who's making like a ton of money, but I don't think you'd want to trade him to get Kadri. I just don't think that makes a whole lot of sense for them. Um, just different. But um, I totally forgot, but maybe we should talk about it. Somewhat of a sad news. Um, former... Red Wings winger mm-hmm. Bobby Ryan was recently in the news for a uh, less than happy moment. Bobby Ryan relapsed um, when his his fight mm-hmm. with alcoholism was well documented, specifically with his time in Ottawa, um, and mm-hmm. then ended up winning the Masterson Trophy uh, because he took time off, was able to get right, scored a hat trick in his first game, and then was able to put up pretty productive season on the last year of his contract uh, with Ottawa. Then he comes to Detroit and yep. he instantly becomes a fan favorite uh, after that. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're only bringing it up because like, like it, it's one of those stories that is like, it's horrible that it happened. Um, but the response by other like people 
was positive. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, I think yeah. it's like, it's, I have to be very careful how I say this. It, it's very different than if someone who uh, was like, who doesn't have an issue with this was being dumb and was able to put themselves in a compromising situation and they were to hurt people than his situation mm-hmm. because it was very well documented that he was addicted to, you know, alcohol and it like kept him from being a part of his career. So like, um, I, I remember sitting and like talking with people, like having a conversation about it, like, like, like there are some things where it's like absolutely wrong. And then there's some things where it's just heartbreaking because this is like a legitimate struggle that somebody has. Um, yes. But like, and then there's that fun gray area where it's a, it's a mix correct. of both. Right. Which is not where Bobby is currently. Correct. So it's easier this time around. Correct. Um, but I think it's just really cool. Number one, he owned it. Um, he was like, I'm embarrassed mm-hmm. that I'm here. Um, it's day, it's day yeah. one again, but um, you know, I'm, I'm doing everything that I can to, to get better. And that's the attitude yeah. that you have to have. Like, if you want to beat this, but also like, that's an attitude that like, everybody can get behind it's like i screwed up yeah my fault i'm gonna do this and i'm gonna beat it again and i don't think mm-hmm. the red wings commented anything on it but the the ducks and the, the senators commented on this thing on twitter um but every mm-hmm. like every person was super positive uh with him yeah i don't think i saw one negative comment on the replies to that tweet like just scrolling for a yeah. while um, and everybody was like dude we're here for you we're sorry this happened like we're in your corner you know everybody from just like fans to beat reporters and then obviously the two franchises um yeah and it's you know it's just one of those really heartbreaking things because you do know a mm-hmm. story you know everything not even just the addiction but all of the the stuff that he went through in his life before that that i'm sure has contributed to said addiction like yeah it's a heartbreaking thing and you love to see the guy own up to it almost immediately like i think it was maybe 14 hours after the news broke that he was like on twitter being like this sucks i am really struggling not to uh like call myself a piece of crap like uh you know just i don't know if you have time to go look at his twitter and just see what he's what he said a lot of it was you can just tell that he is really feeling it and feeling both the negative of what he did but also the positive of everybody's response um he said something along the lines of i have over like 950 messages and i'm going to respond to every single one of them because i appreciate you all so much so i don't know i just thought it was um I don't know what the word I'm looking for is um, big of him. I don't know. That feels like the wrong way to say that. It was like but, sobering and, but like the, the ultimate form of honesty. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good way to put it. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. It was transparent of him. Yeah. That's a good way to say it. Um, So we are, we are, we're all rooting for him. We love Bobby. Um, we just want him to get better, mm-hmm. get him, get the help he needs, get to a, get to a place where he's, he's okay. Yeah. yeah. It was cool to see, cool to see all the support and uh, mm-hmm. yeah. 
seem he's he's a good dude. Mm-hmm. Good dude. But that was awesome to see. Last but not least, and I don't know how you transition from that, but that's you you work you work uh, through those things. Uh training camp has started for NFL teams. Yes. Which means NFL hard knocks. Hard knocks is, is soon. soon. And I've heard quotes. Uh, you you got to curb your enthusiasm and curb your excitement. Uh, Lions, Lions Clubhouse is loose. Players are enjoying their time. DJ Chark, who is from Jacksonville, talked about how the professionalism between the Urban Meyer Jaguars and the Dan Campbell uh, Lions is starkly different. Um, mm. And they're talking about how uh, I think, I think Jameson Williams said he's the best uh, like Mario player of all time or no Wii sports player of all time. <laughs> it's like someone's got a challenge. It. So like, like they're having fun and that's what you do in training camp, but uh, it'll be refreshing to have a big segment of this podcast in the future be, recaps of hard knocks instead of recaps of how horrible mm-hmm. the Detroit Tigers are and how incompetent Al Avila is and how evil Chris Illich is as pertaining to this whole team. But um, fun stuff happening in Allen Park, mm-hmm. fun stuff happening with Dan Campbell, and uh, at least some franchises aren't a black hole of despair in yes. the city. Yep. Oh, last thing, Vegas. One of the most popular bets right now mm-hmm. in Vegas is the Lions win total. Lions win total is at six and a half. People are hammering the okay. over. Or at least they are. It's probably like seven and a half right. now. Um, Cause it was like a very popular bet. So usually they move the line when that happens. Um, mm-hmm. But six and a half was the line that they had. And everybody was like, Nope, they're going to hit that. I wouldn't, I'm not betting any money I, on the lions ever let's just go with that no because i will i will burned too many times it. it doesn't matter if i bet on them to win or to lose <laughs> i will lose you'll I be will, wrong I will either be wrong way either way because they'll tie <sighs> Get that kick in the pants. all righty is that that's all we that's got all yeah we got. i think that was everything all righty folks do you want me to do yes. outro too? Okay. Uh, thank you all so much for listening. We appreciate you. Give us a follow on our social medias, five-star reviews on all the platforms that you listen on. Share with a friend. We really appreciate you being here and we will see you next week. Happy trade deadline. Bye. Hey everybody. This is Noel. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the CNC replay. Please subscribe and rate us five stars as it really helps us out. And give us a follow on Instagram and Twitter at CNC Sports Pod. We'll see you next week.